Clayton County, Georgia. Lemon Lives, Ryan Kruger has the mom's tough message to the judge. Yeah, this is one of the most bizarre cases we've ever covered. Adrena Thurman called her daughter a conniving and manipulative liar. She hopes her daughter never walks free again. And folks, that's not all. Listen to this. We the family asked the court to sterilize Sierra Harp to prevent any more children being born. We also asked for the highest punishment of life without parole. In the dangerous streets of Riverdale, Georgia, a young mother named Sierra Harp was living a quiet life with her precious daughter, Angel. But for Raheem Grant, better known as rap sensation Red Beezy, music was his only passion. From an early age, he honed his skills on the drums and spitting rhymes into any makeshift mic he could find. By seven years old, he was already performing on Showtime at Apollo, the same platform that launched him into stardom. With his stage name plastered across Atlanta's rap scene, Red Beezy quickly became a household name and rubbed elbows with legends like Ludacris. But just as his star was rising to new heights in 2017, tragedy struck and Rahim met a violent end, his own murder caught on camera for the world to see. What really happened that fateful night in Rahim's home? And what drove his assailant to commit such a horrendous act? Join us as we unravel the mysteries behind one rapper's final moments. I'm Samantha Paul, and this is No Tears for Black Girls, a gripping true crime podcast written and produced by best-selling author John Reedberg. And after listening, Head over to the Alive Podcast app and search for No Tears for Black Girls to continue discussing the shocking details of this case. Let's dive in. Behind every successful man is a strong woman. And for Rahim, it was his mother, Geraldine, who managed his career from day one. Her unbreakable faith in her son's talent fueled their drive to chase bigger dreams and conquer new territories. As 2018 approached, Rahim's star continued to rise. A nationwide tour was in the works, and he relished in all the glory he had worked so hard for. But amidst all the glitz and glamour, Rahim never lost sight of what truly mattered, being a devoted father to Angel and spending quality time with her and Sierra in their cozy home. However, despite living together as a family, Rahim did not have any legal rights over Angel as he was not listed on her birth certificate. And Sierra, who worked in marketing at local bars and clubs, was the one providing for their little family. It was at one of these venues that she met Rahim and eventually ended up in his home, a safe haven in the midst of chaos. But little did they know, this very home would become a crime scene, forever changing the lives of those left behind. Rahim and Sierra were living the street life, two souls drawn together by the gritty struggle of survival. But their lives took an unexpected turn when Sierra got knocked up. This wasn't the perfect situation or time for a baby, but they were both excited nonetheless. Angel was their chance to create something meaningful, to rise above the violence that plagued their world. Rahim, with his gangster rapper persona, saw Angel as his ticket to bigger dreams and more money. He spoke out against the industry's glorification of violence, even though he often found himself caught up in its dangerous web. One day, Rahim told his mom he feared for his life, 
knowing that death could come at any moment in their line of work. And on December 29, 2017, Rahim's fears became a fatal reality. The police stormed into their gated community home and found him lying dead on the floor, a victim of the very violence he denounced. His body riddled with bullet wounds, leaving behind a young family shattered by loss. At just 28 years old, Rahim was gone. And his mother, she never could have imagined the cruel fate that would befall her son. But the interesting thing is, that night in Riverdale, when the law came knocking, they didn't expect to find Rahim already cold and lifeless. See, earlier that evening, a neighbor had called 911 in a panic. Kira and Angel were at her place. And let me tell you, it wasn't looking good. Kira was bleeding out, screaming and crying with her little girl clinging to her like their lives depended on it. And when those officers showed up at the neighbor's house, boy did they get an earful. They learned Sarah's name, age, what had happened, and who might be responsible for it all. Rahim, her co-parenting partner. The neighbor didn't know where he was though because, well, Sierra was in no state to talk. So the cops, they hauled ass over to Rahim and Sierra's place hoping to finally put this abuser behind bars for good. But instead, they found him lying in a pool of his own blood, the victim of a vicious attack even worse than what Sierra had suffered. And let me tell you, when the news hit the internet about Red Beezy being an abusive partner, People lost their damn minds. Everyone thought he was against violence, but turns out he was just another monster. The detectives? They had their work cut out for them, trying to piece together what went down in that household. It was like a puzzle with missing pieces. Forensics found a knife covered in red marks on the floor of the house. But then they found something even more interesting next door. A gun registered to someone in Rahim's family. Yeah. Things weren't adding up and someone needed to pay for what happened here tonight. But when the boys in blue interviewed Rahim's mama, Geraldine, she swore up and down that her boy wasn't about that life. She said he never raised a hand to nobody, even when he was heated. That's what Geraldine told them. But the truth is, she ain't want to believe her baby boy could be capable of such savagery. She pointed her finger straight at Sierra, said that girl had been plotting on Rahim since day one, always trying to get a piece of his cash flow. And what better way than to pop out his seed? That's what Geraldine claimed. But the detectives weren't buying it. They know how mothers can be, blinded by their love for their kids. So they took Sierra to the hospital instead, had some injuries on her leg that looked like she'd been fighting for her life. But they knew better than to treat her like a suspect right away. See, Sierra was messed up, not just physically, but mentally too. Been through hell and back with Rahim. But that night, she couldn't really remember what went down. Just bits and pieces, cooking dinner while Rahim was popping pills and guzzling booze. She begged him to stop, knowing damn well how he got when he mixed those together. But as usual, he didn't listen and got all worked up over her nagging. Next thing she knows, He's putting hands on her again. Same old story. Only this time, a knife falls out from Sierra's ankle holster, a last resort for self-defense against the beast she knew lurked within her man. 
No one could say for sure why she had a knife on her ankle. But in this line of business, it wasn't uncommon for ladies to carry some form of protection. And when Rahim saw the glint of metal and decided to have some fun with Kira, things took a turn for the worse. In a desperate struggle to survive, Tira reached for Rahim's gun and fired until he stopped moving. But as she held little Angel in her arms, covered in blood and fear, she knew this wasn't over yet. The detectives arrived on the scene, their keen eyes taking in every detail as they pieced together what happened that night. But when they shared their findings with Sira, it was like a punch to the gut. Rahim had taken seven bullets and had defensive wounds on his face. And the final bullet? It was in the back of his head. That didn't look like self-defense. It looked like a cold-blooded execution. Sierra's story began to crumble under scrutiny. Her claims of firing blindly due to blood in her eyes raised suspicion and the check marks on Rahim's body. She said he must have done those to himself. Yeah, right. But then came the bombshell, the missing piece of the puzzle, another witness. Elise Jones, just another woman in Rahim's life, was there that night too. And while Sierra claimed Elise fled without seeing anything, Further investigation revealed that she sent a text to Rahim before leaving, clearly not wanting any part of whatever was going down. But the final blow came from an unexpected source, Adrienne Thurmond, Sierra's own mother. She mentioned something about her son always recording things if he felt threatened or unsafe. This case just keeps getting messier and messier. The detectives knew they had to find evidence on Rahim's phone. The chance was slim, but if they could uncover any explosive videos, it could seal the case against him. They had already seized his phone, but it was passcode locked and seemed impenetrable. Little did they know, Sierra would be the one to hand them the key. With a smug smile, she confidently provided the code, thinking it was just a small detail in closing the case against her lover. But little did she know, it would be her undoing. The first video on Rahim's phone, dated December 29th, showed a bloodied and battered Rahim in the bathroom, speaking directly to the camera. He claimed that Sierra had attacked him and he couldn't believe the mother of his child could do such a thing. As he spoke, Sierra's screams could be heard from another room. Suddenly, the video captured the first gunshot as Sierra fired at Rahim with the ladder falling and knocking the phone to the floor. But miraculously, the phone continued to record. The detectives watched in horror as Sierra entered the bathroom and yelled at Rahim. And even more disturbing, she appeared unharmed herself. It was clear that she didn't have to defend herself. She inflicted those injuries after the fact to cover for her actions. But there was more incriminating footage on that phone. When Sierra noticed it still recording on the floor, she stopped it and started a new video claiming that Rahim had been an abusive partner throughout their entire situationship. But Rahim was still alive and could be heard pleading with her not to do this. In a chilling response, Sierra said she would rather spend life in prison than continue living with him. She fired several more shots as Rahim begged for water and asked to hug his daughter before dying. It was a brutal and calculated murder, 
caught on camera by the very person who committed it. And now, justice would finally be served for Rahim and his daughter. Kiera's response was cold and calculated. You can crawl to her, motherfucker, she taunted, before pulling the trigger on Rahim's head two more times. The 13 minutes of footage on Rahim's phone were damning, capturing every moment of Kira's deadly actions. But what made it even more chilling was the fact that Angel, poor innocent Angel, had witnessed it all. Confronted with the irrefutable evidence, Sierra didn't back down. Instead, she doubled down on her defense, self-preservation. She claimed to have been protecting herself from Rahim's abuse absolving herself of any guilt for his death. But as details emerged in court, a darker motive was revealed. Just one month before taking Rahim's life, he had asked for full custody of Angel and Sierra, had signed over parental rights. The media circus surrounding Sierra's hearing only added to the turmoil. Both Sierra and Rahim's mothers went wild, unable to contain their anger towards Sierra for her heinous actions. But it wasn't just about Rahim's murder. It was about Sierra's repeated attempts to hurt those who tried to help her, including her own family. In a chilling twist, her own mother took to the stand and requested for Sierra to be sterilized so that no other children would suffer at her hands. She also urged for the harshest punishment possible, life without parole. As she spoke, Sierra sat quietly and cussed at her mother in an act devoid of any remorse or conscience. It was clear that envious nature had taken control of Sierra, causing her to lash out and ultimately commit this unspeakable act out of jealousy over Rahim moving on without her. And despite years of trying to help her daughter, Sierra's mother could only shake her head in disbelief at the monster her daughter had become. Sierra got locked up for 125 years that's just a nicer way of saying she'll rot in prison until she takes her last breath. Before the judge threw down the hammer, Sierra tried to say sorry to Geraldine and beg for mercy. But was it really remorse or just a ploy to get off easy? Her final words to Rahim were ice cold, making it hard to believe she was ever a warm, caring person. Then Geraldine stepped up after Sierra got slammed with that sentence. She straight up said if her son was abusive, Sierra should have handled it differently. And yeah, murder is never the answer. If Rahim was beating on Sierra, there were plenty of other options before she took his life. And why'd she even sign over custody of Angel to him if he was so violent? Maybe Geraldine and Sierra's mama had a point. Maybe Sierra was just a bitter snake mad that Rahim didn't want her no more. How could she snuff out his life in front of their own daughter? Speaking of little Angel, CPS swooped in and took her away while they investigated everything. Now she's being raised by Sierra's mama. At least she's in good hands now. But will she ever heal from the trauma of losing both her parents in one night? Meanwhile, Sierra Harp will fade into obscurity behind bars while her family struggles to make sense of her twisted motives. Thank you for tuning in to No Tears for Black Girls, now a part of the Alive Podcast Network, the first black female-owned and operated network dedicated to amplifying black voices. If you enjoyed this episode, please show your support by following us on the Alive Podcast app, available on both iPhone and Android. 
You can also stay connected with us on social media and YouTube at No Tears for Black Girls or on X at No Tears for BG. Remember to stay loved, stay blessed, and stay safe. Until next time.